Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. Have you ever called out to God? Have you found yourself or a loved one in a difficult situation where you've cried out to God for help, for healing, for wisdom? We're finishing up our series today called Calling on God. We've been discussing the ways that God hears our needs and answers our prayers. So far, we've talked about needing help and needing healing. Today, Pastor Nicole is going to share some very practical steps when it comes to seeking wisdom with our decisions. Throughout this series, we've also been releasing a bonus podcast each week that features Pastor Nicole and Pastor Quentin Blad discussing these same topics with another area pastor. We've got one more coming later this week, so be on the lookout for that. Okay, so let's get started today. Here's Pastor Nicole. Well, we're in a series titled Calling on God, and we're talking about prayer. And the first week, we talked about how we can ask God for help. Uh, Last week, we explored how we can ask God for healing. Many of you came and got prayer for healing. And today, we're going to close this series talking about how we can ask God for wisdom. So remember, for this series, we've created some extra content. Uh, Each week, there's a podcast that comes out midweek with an interview uh, with me, Pastor Quint, and a local pastor. This week, we were able to have an incredible conversation with Pastor Al Detter. And so would you keep an eye out wherever you listen to podcasts? You won't want to miss that extra content. It will really encourage you throughout the week. Also, every Wednesday during this series, we're opening a special prayer room. We've had it the last two weeks. Pastor Don has been there. He said it's been a great turnout, about 15 or 20 people a week. But 6.30 to 8 p.m. in the music room, which is just this way, it has a, um, Pastor Don is there as well as a prayer team. We would love to pray for you, whatever you need, help, healing, wisdom, anything else. We would love for you to come and just get some extra prayer. Come and pray anytime. You can stop by for five minutes or the whole time uh, between 6.30 and 8. And that's this coming Wednesday is our last uh, prayer room Wednesday uh, for this series. So I want to dive in today talking about um, wisdom. And I would love for you to watch this video I brought to, to you today from Kid President. And I want to give you permission to smile a little bit and laugh because this guy's great. So would you watch him talk about decisions? People, you know what time it is? Decision time. So you got a decision to make. Don't worry, don't worry. You make decisions all the time. Like what to eat, what to buy, what to wear, how to spend your time, who to spend your time with, what you're gonna say, how you're gonna say it, whether or not you put on the dinosaur costume and skate through town. Hey, it's an option and I'm proud of it. Researchers found this. We make thousands of choices each day. Thousands of them. In fact, the more responsibilities that you have, the more choices you have to make. There's options all up in your face all the time. And on top of all this, with each choice comes a consequence. Every choice that you make leads to something good or not so good. Like that old saying, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes that reason is you ate a whole roll of Oreos in one sitting. If you excuse me, I gotta take a break. Okay, I'm back. Ugh, that was a bad decision. If you're watching this video, that means you're awesome. Congrats, you're awesome. How will you make awesome choices? Here's a few choices for how you can make choices. You could be impulsive. Don't even think about it. Just mindlessly point, pick, and do whatever. Disclaimer, I don't recommend this choice for making choices. Now you can do it, but it'll lead to mixed results. It's especially dangerous while picking your wardrobe or defusing a bomb. Can't be impulsive then. Another choice you have when making choices, don't do anything. 
This is a choice to not make any choices, which is a poor choice. Just stand there, wait, do nothing. It's an option, it's always an option. You could say nothing, do nothing, but uh, fair warning, then you'll be nothing. Just saying. Another choice for how you can make a choice. Just be a follower. Yeah, just do what everyone else is doing. When you're a follower, you don't really have to think. It's really simple. Just look around, see what everyone else is doing. Is everyone just complaining about something? You can do that too. Is everyone doing what everyone else is doing? You can do that too. Is everyone eating an entire row of Oreos in one ceiling? Just do that. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm back. I have to make better choices. So being a follower, you can make that choice. It's just a really big problem with that. The world needs you. So how's about this? Focus on being someone worth following. I like that choice. Another choice how you can make your choices, be thoughtful. Warning, this requires thinking. It takes some thought to be thoughtful. But thinking, that's something we should do more often. Think about, what do I care about? What's important to me? What kind of world do I want to live in? Do my choices help create that world? I want to live in a world with more dancing. So what do I do? A little bit of dancing. The choices you make help make the world. All of us together make big choices sometimes too. Like we all try to come together and make a big decision. Like in an election, who will lead our country? That's a big decision. Whatever happens there, there's something that you can't forget. Just how powerful you are. There are no small people and there are no small choices. You, you're making big choices every single day and they make a big difference. Whether you're president in a big fancy Oval Office or not the president, or just a cable for camp phone and some cardboard. Your choices matter on election day and every single day. Real change happens right in your backyard. The little decisions that you think are little are actually a really big deal. The choices we make, make our lives. In your life, it's an awesome one. Make the kind of choices that are worthy of that awesome life. I'm gonna make a decision right now. This world needs a little more dancing, so I'm gonna dance right now. relate to me when I say making decisions can sometimes wear me out. Anybody like that? Like making decisions can make you tired. You're trying to balance work and school and kids sports and finances and the lawn and the dog and the dog on the lawn and, and, and your preference of where the dog on the lawn and all those things, cleaning house, cooking supper. If you have kids, they get hungry every day. It's amazing. <laughs> Sometimes it can make your brain hurt. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, the hardest decisions aren't between right and wrong. Those actually are maybe sometimes obvious. But instead, the hardest decisions are between good, better, and best. Right? Good, better, and best. The choice between multiple good options especially is perplexing. When a decision can have more than one beneficial outcome based on our decision. So how do we weigh, weigh these options? Uh, how do we choose what is the most God-honoring when honestly maybe there's a lot of good choices in front of you? I, I don't know uh, about you, but I also feel like if making decisions is tiring, maybe the mode that is even more exhausting is being stuck in a cycle of indecision. Anybody an indecisive person? You might not... You're probably deciding whether you're going to raise your hand right now. But indecision can take the joy right out of your days. Am I right? Like just literally sitting there trying to decide. It's a long, dark swirl of thoughts and emotions. The British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher said this. I loved it about indecision. Standing in the middle of the road is very dangerous 
because you get knocked down by the traffic on both sides. At least if you chose a side, there'd only be one way of traffic that could knock you down. Some of you that are here today are maybe facing really big decisions with far-reaching implications. Should I take that job in another city, or should I keep my family here and hope my job survives? Do I marry him or break up with him? Is he the right person for the rest of my life? Where should I go to college? What should my major be? How am I going to pay for it? Should we buy that house or should we wait? Should we sell our house right now? That's what everyone says to do. Or should we wait? How much money do I need for retirement? Where do I put it? Do I put my kids in public school, private school, homeschool? How am I going to care for my aging parents? It's overwhelming. And there are so many decisions that we need to make. How can we make the right ones? Well, right now, I want you to take a minute, and if you got one of these on your way in, or any old piece of paper will do, or maybe you like to write down things in your phone, but would you just take a moment and write down what is the biggest decision you're facing right now? It's going to be a full contact Sunday, so write it down so I can speak to it from the Word of God Wouldn't it be great if there was a 1-800 number you could call or a website you could visit and you could just submit your decision then it would spit out the right answer? <laughs> or I was thinking this really great idea, Amazon Prime for decisions. You, you could, in less than 24 hours, submit your decision and then it would just deliver to your front door. Come on, somebody, that is a good idea. Take that to Shark Tank, Ben. So it doesn't exactly work like that, but Jesus does give us a gift a good gift that helps us make the right decisions, and it's called wisdom. Wisdom is a gift from God that equips you and equips me to make wise decisions, God decisions, based on scriptural principles. So how do we get it? How do we acquire wisdom? Well, some people think I just need to learn more. I, I need to read more books. I need to listen to more podcasts. I need to take more courses. I need to get another degree or another certification. And learning is never a bad thing, but the gift of wisdom doesn't actually come from education. There's a difference between being smart and being wise. Smart is what you know. Wise is properly using what you know, putting it into action, at just the right time. And there are a lot of really smart, educated people that don't operate in the wisdom of God. Now, some people mistakenly think wisdom comes from age. Now, it is true that as you age, you have more experiences to draw from, you may have more context for things, you have more people that have gone through those experiences, uh, you may get some gray hair maybe, that's like the crown of wisdom. But just getting old alone doesn't give you wisdom. Making a lifetime of bad decisions doesn't qualify you to be wise at any age. It's not like you wake up one day at a certain age and all of a sudden you have wisdom because of how long you've lived. The third thing I think some people think wisdom is gained from is wealth. But just because you have money and possessions, that does not make you wise. With money, you can buy things. You can buy yachts and Ferraris and vacations and expensive jewelry, but there's no amount of money that can buy wisdom. Proverbs 8 says this, Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. So how do we, how do we acquire wisdom? If it's not from education, age, or wealth, how do we acquire it? Well, I have good news. Wisdom is a gift. 
Wisdom is a gift. Proverbs 2, 6 says, for the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And the word says that God loves giving good gifts to his children. He takes delight in blessing you. God actually wants to give you wisdom. God wants to give you the ability to make a good decision using Bible-based judgment and apply it to your life and relationships. So all you have to do to get wisdom is to ask God and he gives it to you. All you have to do to get wisdom is to ask God and he gives it to you. There is no catch. There is no fine print. It's as powerfully simple as it sounds. Wisdom is a gift. Now, one of my favorite Bible passages about wisdom comes from the book of James. But you might be surprised as we look at the context of this particular passage. So the book of James is a letter written to a group of believers who were outcasts. And their homes had been taken away. They were no longer together in one place. They were scattered. They were, they were just enduring hard times. And actually, it was just the very beginning of their persecution. They didn't know it. But as we look back in history, uh, these people were about to experience some really difficult things. And so James wrote this to this group of believers. And basically, James knew it wasn't going to get any better. It probably was going to get worse. And in fact... Um, Shortly after this letter was written, Nero became emperor, and he was, uh, it was responsible for the most horrific persecution of Christians the world has actually ever known. Uh, believers were subjected to unbelievable atrocities. Christians were burned at the stake. Um, what Nero would do is he would throw a drunken party, and he would bring the Christians in from the prison and burn them as the light for the party. Jesus, or James knew hard times was coming, and token faith wasn't going to cut it. Clichés wouldn't work. It was going to take more than that to survive. And James knew if this group of believers was going to survive, they needed real faith. So I want to read to you James 1, 1 through 2. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Okay, I don't know about you, but that is super challenging. That is super challenging. Maybe you've heard it before. But James is saying, look, when you have trouble, when things aren't going your way, when Nero comes to get you, rejoice. No matter what kind of trial you face, no matter when you face it, rejoice in difficult times, in persecution, when you're facing a lose-lose decision or situation or hardship on your very worst days, rejoice. James knew rejoicing and struggle wasn't going to be easy for them, and he knew it wouldn't be easy for us. And so he gives further instruction, and this is where wisdom shows up. I want to show you in James 1, verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom... He should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So in other words, if you need wisdom because you can't understand how to rejoice in your trial, then ask God. He will help you. You know, I think often we want to pluck this wisdom verse out, and we don't want to think about the context of it, but the verses connect together. When trials come, this is what James is saying, Ask God for wisdom. 
Ask God to help you understand how he is going to use your trial. Ask him to show you his purpose in what you are going through. Often in a tough situation that requires a tough decision, my prayers, and I think maybe some of you would agree with me, become this, God, just solve this problem. Like, God, squash my enemies. Get me out of this scenario. Somehow change the story. Help the money show up at the door. Help the neon sign appear in the sky over my future spouse. When I look up today, let the clouds be in the shape of a yes or a no, okay? Like, we just want these simple things to understand our decisions. And the scripture is saying this, an escape or a solution might be what you want but what you need is wisdom. An escape or solution might be what you want. It might even be what you're praying for. But what you need is wisdom. Because wisdom helps you see God's perspective on your situation. Wisdom helps you see God's perspective on your situation. Instead of seeing your life or that decision that you wrote down today through your eyes, Wisdom lets you see through his eyes. It's like God lets you borrow his glasses where you can see much more clear what God is doing than what you can see. You know, I I realize in times when we are not looking at life's trials or decisions out, when we're looking at it outside of of God's perspective, when when we look at it from our perspective, there are three things that manifest. The first is fear. Our thoughts become, I'm never going to get out of this mess. I'm never going to be enough. I'm going to be alone forever. I'm not going to be taken care of. There's no way there's a solution to this. Our thoughts become panic. I have to do something, but what am I going to do? I'm uneasy. I can't rest. I can't sleep. I can't wake up. I can't fix it. I don't know how. Everyone's against me. They become fear. They become panic, and they become control. Because the situation feels out of control, We desperately try to seize control and make something happen, and we just start doing stuff, dumb stuff, (laughs) wrong stuff, stupid stuff, because you feel like you just have to do something to try to gain control over this situation. And I want to tell you this morning, fear, panic, and control are the antithesis of wisdom, Fear, panic, and control are the antithesis of wisdom, and none of these voices or thoughts come from the heart of God. And I have probably made some of the worst decisions of my life when I listened to fear, panic, and control, and not the wisdom of God. How different would you approach things if you could see your trials from God's perspective? If you could borrow God's glasses, if you could see your trials and the decisions you have to make from God's perspective, how different would you see it? You know, I sometimes uh, get frustrated over little things, traffic jams and missed flights and scrambled schedules and waiting for answers. But I wonder, how many times have I been frustrated when God was protecting me? How many times has God used trouble to keep me from temptation? How many times has God used something, uh, that, a decision that, that just isn't panning out the way that I thought so that he could protect me? If I could just see things from his perspective, if I could only have wisdom, it would be just so much easier to rejoice. Wisdom helps us rejoice in the hard stuff. 
So James 1.5 says, tell us, uh, when we ask God for wisdom, he gives it to us. Ask God for wisdom, ask for his perspective, and then act on the wisdom by trusting God. Now, trust is a choice. It's easy to trust in the good times, but if you're gonna be a lifelong follower of Jesus, you have to learn to trust God in the hard times. We still have to trust God during a pandemic. We still have to trust God in the middle of a border crisis that comes right to our doorstep and then leaves before we can even help like we want to. We still have to trust God even when that decision that you wrote down earlier today looks like it has no answer. Trust him that he is working and his will is going to be accomplished. So here's how we're going to um, close today. We're going to do some active processing together on these decisions. It's going to be like a workshop, if you will, or a, or a lab. And so it, maybe you already wrote down on the top of your paper a decision that you're needing wisdom on. If you didn't do that before, would you just go ahead and write one down now? Or like I said, you can write it in your phone or uh, in another scrap paper if you have it. And what I'm gonna do is I wanna walk you through a process, a five-step process. We're gonna take our time going through this process of how I would say, look, if you have a decision you need to make, here's how you can make a godly decision. And my prayer is that you can take this process and you can use it in the future. When you have a decision tomorrow or next week or next month, you can use this process to walk through uh, making a godly decision, okay? So here's the first one. Everyone got their decision they're thinking about? First one is pray and ask for wisdom from God. We just talked about that. That is always the first step. He is so willing to give it. Remember, we don't determine what good is. God determines that from the perspective of what will bring us closer to the heart of God. And so it's important to note that Jesus's main focus is not to just to fulfill all of the requests that we bring to him, but it's to glorify the Father. So right now I'm just gonna um, let the worship team play and I just want you to pray right at your seat for wisdom, for God's perspective over this decision you're making. So go ahead and do that now. you 
maybe you want to stand up. Maybe you want to sing in the spirit. Maybe you want to raise your hands or call the name of Jesus. Maybe you want to kneel down, but let's just give God all we got, all the praise that we can muster as we ask him to, to help us with this decision. So right now, let's go, Jesus.
Okay, step four, and there's only five, so we're heading to the end here. But as Proverbs states, Proverbs 11, 14, it says, Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. The word says, get input on the decision from mature and wise advisors. Sometimes you pray about something, you search the scripture about it, and it still can be hard to know the right course. But Jesus is the head of a great church, and guess what? He's put us here to do this together. We're supposed to rely on each other. We're supposed to ask each other for wisdom and wise counsel. So that's your homework for this week. But right now, in this moment, I just want you to take a minute and pray and ask the Lord, who is it I should ask about this decision? Many, sometimes you have a go-to person, but maybe God wants to use someone else. If you can't think of anybody, maybe God will put in the mind of one of our pastoral staff or somebody here at the church. But you just say, Lord, who is it? Who am I supposed to seek wise counsel? Who is it that God wants you to speak with about this decision? So ask the Lord that right now.
Thank you for listening to the Eerie First Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. Don't forget to look for our bonus podcast later this week. You don't want to miss out on that. You can find all our series, videos, and podcasts at eeriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.